1: I'm very honored that we can talk to somebody who knows more about this kind of stuff than uh, pretty much anybody in the country. Senator Marco Rubio uh, has uh, been uh, serving uh, his constituents in Florida since uh, 2011. Uh, he served as Speaker of the Florida House from 2006 to 2008, and he has been sounding the uh, the warning alarms about Chi- the, the the Chinese Communist Party for a long time. Senator Rubio, welcome back to the Mike Gallagher Show. How have you been, sir? I've been well. Thank you, Mike. Thanks for having me back on. Thank you. This is, uh, you tweeted a few moments ago that it was a mistake to not shoot down this Chinese spy balloon when it was over a sparsely populated area. This is not some hot air balloon. It has a large payload of sensors, roughly the size of two city buses, and the ability to maneuver independently. Senator, I I know we've been talking about shooting it down, but would it make and forgive me, I'm the layperson here and you're the expert, but why wouldn't we retrieve it? Why wouldn't we capture it and analyze it?
2: Well, I mean, that would be the point, and that would be the goal. Now, obviously, you know, this thing is dragging uh, sensors on it, which are not small. I mean, these are about the size of a bus, right. a couple of them usually. And uh, from, you see that in the pictures. And um, and they, um, so that would, you know, fall to the ground and probably shatter into a million pieces. But there would be something to recover. There's no doubt about it this is not complicated technology i mean that's the one part of it but it's ingenious in the sense that um they can argue well that's just a balloon we put it up in the atmosphere it's there to monitor i mean it seems so silly it doesn't seem 21st century that they think they can get away with it with some level of deniability including well we didn't mean for it to go over there but it just it's a balloon you know how balloons are they so that's actually not accurate these things are are maneuverable to a certain degree i mean they're not as precise as a A UAV, you know, a drone or or an airplane, but they are maneuverable. They can generally know where they're going to go. And I mean, this thing wasn't going over tourist destinations. It went over the Northwest. It went over Montana, where we have ICBM fields. It worked its way across. So it has maneuverability. And um, it's not the first time, by the way. I mean, we've seen these uh, before. I just think uh, yesterday, the acknowledgement of it is because they knew people were going to be seeing it and and there were going to be reports about it and you couldn't hide it. And I think it is disappointing that they chose not to bring it down when it was over a sparsely a populated areas where they could have not just retrieved it, but sent a, a pretty strong message. And it's not coincidental that this is, this is happening, uh, right before, I think he's just canceled it, but right before Blinken, the secretary of state was supposed to visit with Beijing. Yep. They do these sorts of things to a humiliate the other side and project strength and send a message. And, um, so I don't think this was coincidental. I think it was certainly tied to that. And the, fli- and, um, and the flip
1: side of that, Senator, is that we project weakness. You know, we, then, then they put us in a position because, and yes, you're right, uh, uh, Blinken has canceled the trip, the scheduled trip to China, that we can confirm that. But here's the problem. I mean, and, and I have to ask you directly, it's a two-part question. Going forward, what should we do w- about this balloon? And, but more importantly, what will we do?
2: Well, I think the first thing we need to do about it, I mean, they're going to go through all the diplomatic stuff and, you know, sent the complaint and so forth. But I think we need to be pretty abundantly clear. And that is, if these things are flying over our airspace and there's an opportunity to bring them down, we're going to do it. Now, obviously, we're not going to do it in a way that's going to fall on a major city and kill anyone and things of that nature. and, And it can be a little unpredictable. So it's not as easy as just going up there and knocking this thing down. I mean, you want to make sure that when it comes down, it doesn't come down on some city and kill a bunch of people or kill anybody. By the same token, I think we have to make that pretty uh, clear, Uh, but I think the most important thing we can do, look, there's those sensors and those things that they're gathering, but they can also get that information from satellites. They can get that information from all of the Huawei equipment and routers that are still installed across the United States. I mean, there's a million ways they can gather this information that they want, and they are doing it. Their espionage levels have grown. As much as anything else, this is just one more method that they use to collect intelligence on us, and so we have to be cognizant of it and protect ourselves against it. By the same token, we need to wake up. The most important thing we need to do now is wake up. And I think, finally, for those who are still uh, resistant to this notion, understand that China is a geopolitical uh, competitor and adversary, the first we've had since the end of the Cold War, and they're actually, you know, a bigger and stronger adversary than the Soviet Union, which was a military superpower, but it was not an industrial, technological power, right. um, economic power. Uh, the, the The rest of the century will be defined by this uh, relationship between the U.S. and China and the strategic competition, and we need to readjust everything we do in That's, our country and, and, and to you that been, reality.
1: And you've been saying this for some time. I mean, you introduced bipartisan legislation to ban TikTok from operating in the United States um, and it just feels like your 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 pleas are falling on deaf ears. Obviously, TikTok is enormously popu- popular. Uh, can you explain why TikTok is so dangerous for the citizenry of the
2: United States? Well, I start by explaining why it's not. Okay, the danger here is not the the what I would, uh, what I would tell you are are you know uh, interesting videos that people put up there. It's a platform that certainly is very successful because it uses artificial intelligence and knows exactly what you like. Every time you're on it, it learns more and more about you. But how is it learning about you? Well, one of the ways it's learning about you is it's collecting all of the data, and not just all the data on your app, all the data on your phone that that it is collecting, even without your permission, your photos, your text, your location, your friends, everything. It knows more about you than you know about yourself, and it can use it to predict what it is you like to look at and what kinds of videos you're likely to stay on versus others. And every time you use it, it learns more and more about you to the point where it is ahead of you. It's artificial intelligence. Now, why is that a danger? It's not a danger because some 16-year-old's data, It's some, because it's the, it's the data of 50, 60 million Americans and everyone they interact with right. to the extent it touches your device. And what does that allow them to do? Well, a lot of things. First, just on a commercial front, imagine the advantage that that kind of information on Americans would be to Chinese companies looking to market here destroy an American company with American jobs and replace it with a Chinese company that does it better. And people will say, well, how does that Chinese company sell so well? Because they know more about Americans than American companies know where Americans know themselves. Exactly. What about in a moment of conflict? Okay. What about in a moment of conflict where they decide, okay, all of the videos that talk good about why China has a right to take Taiwan. Those are the videos that TikTok is going to show all of the videos that uh, that talk bad about China, we're not gonna let those trend on it. And so you can influence society. Right. But the third is the unknown vulnerability of this data, the unknown vulnerability that maybe I'm not on TikTok, but someone I'm close to is, and somehow through that backdoor, they've been able to gather not just information on them, but information on me. And um, and so all, which creates a backdoor for them in a moment of conflict to deny us all kinds of things, right. whether from shutting down the electric grid, all the way to disrupting the basics of life that to the point where Americans will be inconvenienced and decide, you know, it's not worth doing anything against China. If this is the price. So, we're already facing that. So forgive So
1: forgive that. me for my cynicism, but we're TikTok is a great example of how we're we're just pragmatically in bed with with China. So with this kind of complicated relationship that the United States has with China, how, how do we proceed? I mean, I I noticed you you know you use the words and you're 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 diplomatic. They are, are an adversary. They're a competitor. They're not our enemy um, uh, or, or, or are they? I mean, how do we characterize China on the world stage? What what should President Biden do in response to this? I mean, how, how do we how do we unwind this very, very um, cozy relationship, frankly, that we have with China?
2: Yeah, well adversary is like the it's like a junior enemy, right? I mean, an enemy, I always view the word enemy as someone that you're involved in open, you know, hostile warfare type, you know, right. conflict like where the ISIS is an enemy of the United States. With China, we hope there'll never be a war between the US and China cuz it'll be bad for the world. It, it, we don't want that to happen, but they are most certainly an adversary in the sense of they seek to do us harm to their benefit. And so that makes them an adversary at this point. Now, let me go back for a moment and say, how do we do? I think the first step is, it's not just about political leaders. I think this is writ large. Here's an example, right? It used to be this, and that is, you're absolutely right. We need more jobs in America. We shouldn't depend on China, except, you know, I don't want to pay a lot more for my iPhone. And it, if we move, the, if we force the factories to leave China for the iPhone, it's going to cost twice as much. Well, look, but look I'm not, I want to take on China, but not at the expense of paying more for an iPhone or any other product that's made over yeah. there. Now, it's happening with TikTok. Everybody's like, of course, we got to be tough on China, but uh, but don't ban TikTok because you know, that's that's going too far. Right. So there has, there has to come a point here where people have to say, look, this is I get it. You know, it's going to it's be inconvenient. It's going to be too bad that I can't go on this platform. Wait, maybe someone else will come. on I mean, TikTok in America is because they, they bought musically. Which was not a Chinese company. They bought a company, took it over, and turned it into this. Hmm. So I think that it really begins before the political leaders. It actually is about society and people having to accept that. Yes, you know, having creating distance from China to protect America may lead to some things in your life that make you know make life not as cheap in some cases or or, or fun in some cases as it currently is. But what's more important here? Right. What's more important here, the ability to, to post and watch really cool videos that you like or the future of this country for the next 20, 30, 50 years and the world where, where China becomes the dominant power at America's expense. And that's the point we're at right now. And that is that these are the kinds of choices we can't have them both here. And um, and so it's uh, it's uh, it, it, if you do that at the societal and, and public level, then I think leaders will follow. I think a lot of these leaders, frankly, I mean, they're balancing a lot of different things. I mean, in the case of, of, of Biden part of it and not all of it is you got people in that administration that think the most important thing we need to do with china is a climate deal i know, you know? well we and, have a tra- uh, we
1: have a transportation secretary who says that every transportation decision made has to be made with climate change in mind i mean it's stunning you hear this stuff and yeah, you think well, you can't believe it
2: well where do they make these batteries and and the, and mm-hmm. the act, uh, you know the um Yep. The, uh, the, the basic materials that are needed for those batteries, yep. the lithium and otherwise, that yep. source to China dominates that marketplace. That's right. So look at solar panels. I mean, we basically were the innovators of that, and they've now taken that over, and so we're going to be more dependent on the technology that the Chinese have come to control. So uh, and th- that's what I mean. By, yeah, I, I mean, they, they want to go to Davos, and they want to go to some forum somewhere and, and hold hands with the Chinese and say, we've solved climate change. Meanwhile, the Chinese are funding more coal-fired plants than every other country in the world combined. Right now, and
1: and I and I'm. You mentioned Davos and these climate change summits and all that. And I'm sorry, I can never shake the image of all of them flying over on their private jets, their big carbon footprint <laughs> creating private jets. It just it, it just is astounding to me. And the and the, uh, the John Kerry's explanation that one day, well, you know, I have to get around. I, I this it's 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 the way I travel. Are you kidding me? You know, guess what? American Airlines goes to, goes everywhere. Delta, get you'll get there on Delta. Senator Marco Rubio, our guest, we're chatting about this weather balloon or this uh, spy balloon. I keep saying weather. Let's hope yeah. it's the wake-up call we need. Let's speak for a moment before we we lo- we we have to say goodbye. Let's talk about these classified documents. Um, you've demanded some transparency from the uh, from the justice from the our top intelligence officials. Um, now we got looks like they got the FBI swooping down on Mike Pence's house. I wonder if they're going to go to Hawaii a uh, nice little vacation for some of these FBI agents and check out President Obama's house uh, uh, in Maui. I mean are you getting cooperation from uh, from from the from these uh, intelligence officials over this classified documents mess?
2: No not yet and hopefully that's going to change and by the way on the Pence thing what was most amazing to me was that you know they won't tell Congress anything but somehow CNN, had a crew at 5 a.m. outside Pence's home, ready for the FBI to show up. So funny they how that works. Live on video. Funny how that right. works. Uh-huh. So, so here's the fundamental problem, right? And 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 uh, so Justice Department goes in, they seize all of these documents, they start reviewing everything. Okay, when they see something that they think might be classified, they send it to the intelligence agencies and say, "Hey, can you confirm that this is classified or not?" Okay, what we want to know is, I don't, I'm not, we're not, it's not our job to oversee whatever investigation they're carrying out from a criminal justice perspective. We need to know which, we, we have access to all these documents, we just don't know which ones they are, which materials were the ones that were stored, you know, in a, t- stored and or taken inappropriately. Because it is our job to oversee the intelligence community and the intelligence community's role right now is to assess whether those materials being exposed the way they were created a national security problem. And if so, what can we do to mitigate it? For example, that those things sitting in someone's garage, like Joe Biden's, if exposed, would it have exposed some method of collection? Would it have exposed some sources, like people? Because those people are in danger. We, we need to know what the danger is and what we're doing about it. How can we possibly c- conduct oversight over the intelligence agency's assessment of danger and mitigation if we don't know what we're talking about? Right. And so we just can't do our job without it. So they're hiding behind this DOJ thing, which is absurd that's an untenable position. And it's here. And it's, and by the way, there is bipartisan support for the proposition that I've just laid out. Yeah. So I think at some point here, uh, it, it we're going to need some cooperation or, you know, things are going to start to happen because for example, the intelligence community, you know, their, their ability to function, it depends on two things, money that Congress appropriates every year, but also authorization, which it's not just that you give them the money, you got to authorize them to spend it. And we are the authorizers. So, I haven't transitioned to the threat level yet, but I certainly am aware of what our leverage points are as overseers, and we'll use them if necessary to do our job. And so we're in the process. I'm hoping we can get a resolution that's good and right. I believe we will eventually because they're in an untenable position. But so far, the answer is that has not happened. CNN seems to know more about it. Than, uh, than the people in government charged with overseeing these agencies. Senator, Senator
1: Marco Rubio, I don't say this often to our guests. I get to interview a lot of people. But but frankly, I have such a deep, tremendous um, respect for you and an admiration. You're smart. You're passionate. You're focused. And as a Floridian, may I just say, we're real lucky to have you in the U.S. Senate. Keep fighting the good fight, sir. And I, I know our audience appreciates you joining us here on The Mike Gallagher Show. All well, the best, I, sir. Thank
2: sir. Thank you. Thank you so much.
0: I appreciate it very much. Senator Marco Rubio.